0: Eight twenty, excuse me, seven twenty-four on a Thursday morning. Joining us now in our studio is Northfield Area Fire and Rescue interim chief Tom Nelson. Tom, good morning. Morning, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming in today. Much appreciated. Well,
1: yeah, I told you off-air that uh last night I always look at my calendar to see what's going on for the next day, and went, "Oh shoot, I'm supposed to be with Jeff Johnson in the morning," <laughs> uh, and so I wasn't at the board meeting last Thursday, and so typically that's where we kind of say, "Okay." Uh, we, have, we meet with Kim Radio on uh, Thursday. Who are we going to bring in? And so at that point, when I looked at my calendar, it's like, I'm not going to call Paul Liebenstein, the dairy farmer, at this time. Because he's <laughs> hopefully in bed. And so uh, that I used this morning, uh, getting ready at 6.30, which was way early for me, Jeff. Uh, and I'm streaming Kim Radio just to see. Maybe I'll hear who's going to be joining me. Uh, <laughs> or maybe he's doing something else. But anyway, I also learned that the fun on Kim Radio is between 6.30 and oh, 7.00. Yeah. As we said before, this is that (laughs) once we get to 7:20, it's like, oh man, okay, everyone, keep awake out there. So
0: yeah, um, you know what I, my takeaway out of that whole conversation is. NPR people sleep in every day? Is that part of the job? <laughs> it's all the behind-the-scenes yeah, stuff. too easy. Yes. Yeah, you have it too easy there. Yes. Uh, Tom, let's talk about some of the things. You weren't at the meeting the other day, but uh, we can talk a, about a few things. Uh, let's talk, I guess the budget kind of is what w- has been working its way through the different uh, entities of the uh, Joint Powers Agreement. And I think it's gone through all three of uh, the uh, the rural, uh, all the uh, townships, a Barfield lot of Dundas. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so when we started doing this, we went through, uh, and Glen Castor, our treasurer, helped me a lot during this first year of doing that. We put a budget together. There was two-track, and we've talked about that on the air. One was with a part-time chief, and one was the full-time chief. And so um, the board approved the full-time chief budget, the Joint Powers Board for NAFERS, NAFRS, N-A-F-R-S. <laughs> I heard that this morning, too. Um because I always say NAFRS, it, it, it spell it, yes, N-A-F-R-S, Nafers. It
0: sounds um, like wafers does, that way. <laughs> it does, but then everyone
1: else at the board says NAFRS. Um, so we talked <laughs> about the budget and, and the request from, certainly from the city of Northfield was bring in the higher budget because if for some reason the board decides, no, we're going to stay with a part-time chief, it's easier to make it go lower than to have a surprise and to have it go up. And so uh, we carried that budget through... Um, With a lot of discussion, I had meetings with work session meetings with the City of Northfield Council. Uh, I uh, talked to the Dundas City Council and spent time with the rural fire townships. And just a little bit more on that, the way it works, and it's really good for us, is uh, a lot of times a fire department that has rural townships has to individually meet with each one of those townships, figure out how they're going to pay, how much they're going to pay. They have to figure out their levy. And so many, many years ago, and, and uh, Glenn can talk about that at another meeting or another discussion that we have here, they set up the Northfield Fire Protection District, which is a joint powers board of their own, where that board has a representation from all the townships, but that board decides what the numbers are and works with the townships. So the fire department, and this was the case when it was City of Northfield, would contract with with the Rural Fire Protection District to provide fire service. So uh, I was able to sit down with them a week or so ago and just go through what things are changing, why the budget's going up, uh, and so answered a lot of questions on that. So, yes, at this point, all the entities have approved the budget for 2023 for a full-time chief. The way that it's set up with the board that runs the fire department, the Northfield Area Fire Rescue Joint Powers Board, is in October, at the October meeting, the final decision will be made part-time or full-time. And so leading into the meeting that was at Thursday, um, I was at training in Red Wing uh, with Jesse Faust, uh, our assistant chief. So Sean Simonson was there uh, representing me and the fire department. They they talked about that there is a job description that's all complete for the full-time position, um salary range is all set and it's ready for posting. And so obviously the job description that I have right now as interim chief is like the part-time position. And so they have it set. So the goal would be if in October it's decided to go with a full time chief, they can hit the ground running and have the job description. Um and there was board action many months ago that said that it would be an internal post. Um Uh, But there will be a full interview committee, full hiring committee um, for any candidate that applies from inside. So it's, that, it's fast-tracked.
0: All right. So that's uh, it's scheduled for October. At yep. And morning. then the start okay. date
1: would be at the end of the interim period that I'm in right now, which is will be January 18th of 23.
0: All right. Uh, once again, uh, we have interim fire chief uh, Tom Nelson with us. Uh, let's talk about some of the other things that are going on, maybe outside. Let's take a look. Under the hood of uh, Northfield Area Fire and Rescue, Nafers, if you will, you know I've, I've been looking at Nafers, but evidently that's the wrong place. But. Uh, no, it's
1: it's a tomato tomatto. You know, so,
0: <laughs> no, uh, tell us some of the things that uh, you know about some of the operations, some of the things that you're doing uh, right now that uh, that you feel are are benefiting uh, not only uh, the organization but the people, uh, the people that you serve in the uh, different districts.
1: Yeah. Um- I, I told the board because I have a lot of questions about things like operational questions where people say, um, why why are there cars sitting around at the fire station? What are people doing when the trucks go out, not all the trucks go out? And so I'm going to talk to the board at our September meeting, and I'm kind of calling it the secret sauce of what makes Northfield Area Fire Rescue as a paid-on-call department work. And the paid-on-call is, is kind of, you know, it was volunteer fire department for a million years, right? And then once you start getting paid for calls, they change it to calling it paid on call. So um, some departments do it where, and everyone carries a pager and everyone has a full-time job. So at Northfield Fire, there's no full-time jobs right now. Um, Charlene Hamlin is our administrative assistant, and she is three-quarters time. And so she's as close to uh, what we have for a full-time person of supporting uh, and keeping us running behind the scenes. Um, The key that I found is that once there's certain things, and Gary Fronick and John Mahachuk both really preached this, is how, when are you going to get another station? When are you going to get, you know, can you cover everything? And that, um, any of us that remember when it was like trying to do the whole study of where the fire station should go, um, it's got to go in the middle of town. And that's where it is. And it took a lot, but we finally got it, you know, in 2018 with a lot of work from the board uh, and Chief Fronic of we're going to build it and add onto to it right here. Um, so a lot of departments do things where they'll have schedules where, okay, Jeff, uh, you're on the A schedule and I'm on the B schedule. And so if something happens, we're going to send, you know, we'll page out the B schedule. Um, and that can work okay for people that are like just at home like overnight, so we kind of know where people are but what can happen is if you try to do schedules where um the beauty of what i think keeps us going is that there is no schedule we have enough people on the department that we can cover to make sure that we can get 15 people at a structure fire day or night night weekend whatever and that gives you the flexibility to say i'm going up north this weekend Oh, okay. Well, let's make sure there's enough people. Are there enough people around? Yeah, there's enough people around. Um, If you start getting into shift work and things like that, you could be having having lunch at Subway, and there's a car crash, and your pager doesn't even go off because it's not your shift day. And so then your response time can go up because you're only paging half the department. And so... Does it save a few a few bucks because then you didn't go over to the fire station and get your your pay for one call? Yeah, but is it really helping the community by saying we're only going to bring in a certain number of people no matter where they are? So those are some of the little things that are part of under the hood that I'm going to be talking about with the Joint Powers Board about. Don't dive. You know, I'm not one to say, "Oh, we've always done it that way before." Um, but there are some things that you have to say, there's a reason we've done it this way before and we've maybe haven't articulated it, but it's it's the thing that makes it so that we can get 30 applicants for an opening. There's a reason why we can get people that stay on for 35 years, 34 years, 20 years, well beyond when they're vested in the retirement. So I want to make sure that, that I understand it. And that I can articulate it to the board so hopefully they can say, oh, okay, I see when uh, when folks are down at the fire hall while the main truck is out, they're working on this or they're discussing this or they're having some of that thing that brings the group together that is key to the success. So um, we'll talk more about that with the board in the September meeting.
0: Northfield uh, interim fire chief, <clears throat> pardon me, Tom Nelson is uh, with us, and we are talking uh, well about some of the things going on with uh, Northfield area fire and rescue. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, fire prevention and uh, code work and such that you've been building. Get us up to date with that.
1: Yeah. So so uh, Gary Fronick told me when I took over, you know, and when when he recommended that I be appointed interim chief, <laughs> you know, in a really nice way, he said. It's a lot of work. And you're gonna see it's a lot of work. And I said, I know. And you know, he's trying to run a business for his main job. We all have full time jobs and yeah, it's a lot of work. Um and there but one thing that I really found and I started it um before Gary left is doing getting some training on code enforcement and um how that moves into fire prevention because uh that's really the key is you wanna get it so that the fires just don't even happen. And certainly loss of property but more importantly, loss of life. And so uh, Andrew Tussing and I have both been uh, certified as Fire Inspector 1, and we're starting to do some basic code enforcement. A lot of it right now is reactive, where um, I'll use an example where we've had uh, an institution in town where we would have, in the I did a printout in the past year and a half, we had um, 12 fire calls, false alarms to this complex. And so... Um, And then we had this past weekend, we actually had a call there Friday, and then as I was doing the research at home, two calls on Sunday. And it related to having uh, cooking near, uh, there was a smoke detector, and the building's fully sprinkled, and there's a smoke detector. um, And uh, this is a complex, and it's a healthcare, licensed healthcare facility. And so the codes are a little different than like an apartment, but I went back and, and found that in the code you don't you don't need to have a smoke detector in a kitchen if there's a sprinkler system because it's going to go off all the time. You know, we all do that at home, right? Burn mm-hmm. bacon or something like that. And so I worked with the property manager and the 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 place, the licensed facility and said, "Why don't you get your here's the code, get your person to come up here and remove that fired that smoke detector that doesn't need to be there by code. It's not going to change the coverage in the building. That was 11 calls, false alarms, that we had in the past year and a half for that detector in that building. And so what I'm trying to come at it is instead of, uh, you know, now we we run one truck to every false alarm to put eyes on it and see what's going on with the goal to say, let's prevent the calls that we don't need to go to So that comes at it better where don't bring people, don't page people out, bring them from home, bring them from their work, make their employers frustrated, limit the calls that we don't, that aren't really needed, and then focus on the calls where you're making a difference.
0: Have you counted over the course of a year, how many of those false alarm calls that you get uh, similar to the situation you just mentioned?
1: One of the things that we had that, and one of the reasons why we are sending a truck to the scene is if we get a call from a place that says, it's false alarm cancel and then you turn around and you go back home the way it gets reported on our state reports is cancelled en route we don't know anything more about what happened was it a false alarm was it a nuisance alarm was it lack of maintenance on the system so the goal was by sending one truck not lights and sirens just one truck go find out we can code those now and we've been doing that since the first of the year oh this was a Uh, they're not maintaining their system and it's falsing because it's broken. That's a code violation. So we can issue them orders to say you need to either repair or replace the fire alarm system. Lowers the nuisance calls. So now we're getting the data to be able to say, oh, what's the real problem here? Is the problem training? Is the problem lack of maintenance? Or is it Detector placement. We have a lot of tools in our toolbox now.
0: All right. Have you begun to see results of that yet? Have you been able to put some of those things into motion? Yeah
1: I mean, I had I had a great example um, and I'll say it was with st. Olaf uh, Where they had a dorm that they had we had five smoke detector calls a fire alarm calls up there in a certain dorm and over the summer and we went in, and it was that there were smoke detectors right next to these kitchens that, you know, for the students or whoever to cook up stuff if they want. And the steam from cooking was setting off the smoke detector, similar to this other location that I was talking about. And so I went up and met with uh, Mark David at the St. Saint, Saint Olaf um, Facilities, who I've known for a long time. Anyone who knows Perry Cruz, he worked for Perry. He's taken Perry's job. And I said, Mark, here's the deal. can We don't have to have a smoke detector right there. We can put a heat detector. And he said, I think I'm way ahead of you. I changed all the exhaust fans in those kitchens. So they take all the steam out now and go put it where it's supposed to go. And it's like right there. you. And so in that building, we haven't had a call since. So it's being able to work back and forth to say, what's the issue? What are we finding? Let's see if we can prevent it. Because you also have to think, anytime time that fire alarm is going off, The residents or the the students or the apartment renters are having to leave the building. So then you start having complacency like, oh, it's another fire alarm. I'm just going to sleep through it. That's how people end up getting injured in fires.
0: Tom, we are out of time. Look at the well, time. I told you we fill uh, the clock. <laughs> We'd fill the clock very easily. Some good information. Thank you so much for coming in today. Much appreciated, and uh, we will talk to you once again next month. We'll see you next month, Jeff. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Northfield Interim Fire Chief Tom Nelson. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. Coming up in a moment, Tim McNiff, News with the Side of Sports. Rich has a local update. Here's MNN.
1: Minnesota News Network on Brent Palm. More than $3.4 million
0: in federal funding is coming to Minnesota to expand.